Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 201 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. We did it. We got on the other side of 200. I know. And you even said it out loud without Two, stalling. 201. 200. and one. 201. It sounds like, yeah. um, like a classroom number. Like I'm it in sure room does. 201 I'm like a, in a school. Um, hey, guys. Happy spring. It is officially spring, and we are already talking about summer. But I hate to tell you, Megan, it is time to plan the summer. It is. To, I, I don't hate to tell me that. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. I was actually just thinking how funny it is that when we get to the first day of spring or whatever, we're like looking forward to summer. But and it seems pretty close. But when you're at the first day of winter, at least here, spring seems so far away. It's just funny. It's the same time period. Three it is. And I wonder if some of that has to do with school year stuff, too, because not only is winter a long weather season and tough for those in places like Michigan, where you live, but also winter is kind of a long stretch of school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the fall, it, by the time things get going, you've got Halloween and then, the you know, the winter holidays and then the holiday break. But when you go back nothing. to school in January, there's nothing you got to make it till spring break. And even that is just a week. So I think that's another reason, like spring to the end of the school year, if you have kids in school, I feel like it, I feel like it's already happening. I don't know why, yeah. but the end of school the planning for the plays and the concerts, it like starts happening now. Um, when do you, yeah, and there's not a lot to plan for. Like when you're in winter, like you're, yes. you're not planning for spring because spring is just more of the same. <laughs> yes. It's exactly. just school, more right. school, more school, more school. Right. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is time. And we're going to talk today about a, a lot of the practical things that come up. Things like if you are a full-time working parent, you've got to figure out childcare if you don't have the same school situation as you do during the rest of the year. And then there's also stuff like planning to have fun, planning what to do yeah. if your schedule is different in the summer. And I think we'll also get into stuff like what it was like when we, I, I remember what it was like when I didn't have much change because my kids weren't in school. And I just felt like, what is this summer thing? Like this is right. just a hotter version of what I do all year round. So we know that some of you are in that boat too. We're going to Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like calorie smart protein plus and keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. 
And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. All right. So we are recording this in March. Summer is still a ways away. It's more of an idea than a reality right now. There have been several conversations in our Facebook group um, about this. And I think that's one of the things that prompted it is everybody's thinking about this. If you live in a cold weather place, you're just dreaming. Aspirationally thinking about it. it. (laughs) But another thing that starts happening is you start realizing, oh, I need childcare if I'm working at all. So how, like when I say it's time to start planning for summer, do you feel excited? Do you feel stressed? Um, both. Okay. So I feel excited because, you know, we, summer here is like prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, most of my friends are either teachers or their husbands are teachers or they're in some way related to teaching. Like not most, but yeah. many, many, many of them. So it kind of becomes this like three month long vacation where people are just doing whatever and they're available and the weather is really nice. And I live in a beach town. And so there's just this vibe here mm-hmm. that is very unique to that three month period. Mm-hmm. Um, I get my kayak out, I get, mm-hmm. you know, we go camping, but it also happens to coincide with the time that then your kids are around all day. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now, <laughs> right. I know. Right. I wish like there was like a month of summer when the kids were actually in school, but the, um, and my kids are getting to the age where they're really bored at home. So ironically, even though they're independent, mm-hmm. Now that's like, I have to work harder to make sure they're not just playing video games all day. Cause it would be very easy for me to kind of forget they're in the house and for them to disappear into the rooms and just do whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that, but they also aren't going to go play in the backyard. They're kind of too old for that. So it's like, I have to kind of figure out how to get them from places to place while still keeping in mind that I am a working mom and I have to work like full-time hours. So um, it could easily eat up a day, like a huge part of my day driving them around. So it, that it's, it's both. It's exciting. Yeah. and stressful. Well, I would think that the weather alone would just make you want to dream about it. Cause that is such a, it's such a big shift and one that yeah. I don't have. And I, I think also we've kind of found in the past that our workload has been a little bit less intense in the I summer, so. but I don't know that that's going to be the case for me this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, th- I think that's a good point. Um, so I, I feel, yeah, I would say a mix. It's funny. We have really, in the last two episodes, you guys have heard us talk about how far this show has come and how our lives have changed. And I talked about how, you know, I went from being basically a stay-at-home mom to a, what did I call it? Like a hardcore part-time, hardcore hardcore part-time working mom. And every summer that has come up of the last three, I would say, I have this moment where I'm like, oh, wait, I have ramped up my work hours so much during the school year that this summer is not going to look like last summer. Like what's yeah. going to happen? And, you know, each summer, knock on wood or thank the universe, it has mostly worked out okay for whatever reason. I think my kids are getting a little bit older. It's so interesting to hear you say that about older, older kids because I'm still in the sweet spot where... Yeah, you're in the they butter re- zone right now. Yeah, they really will play with each other at home or we'll go do like 
one thing. If I take him to do one thing, we're going to go to the beach or go to the park or go run around Target for a little while. Like almost that one thing can be the thing we do that day. And the rest of the time is a mix of free time or, you know, so that has been pretty sweet. And I have been able to work my quote unquote hardcore part-time hours and life pretty easily. I might switch to working a little bit in the morning, like before they're awake and things like that. Um, So I mostly feel excited about it. I do feel like my kids are entering this phase where we're going to talk later about camps and how we feel about Mm. them, but where they can really actually benefit from, I don't maybe need the camps for a full-time 40 hour a week childcare perspective. And so I really put off um, falling into this, like, we've got to do a different camp every week. And there are a lot of people in my community that look at summer that way. But I have to say, as much as I kind of poo-pooed that, they're actually now getting to the age where they could really benefit. They can do theater and things that like they can't do during the school year. So I I'm trying to keep an open mind about that too. Cause my, my, my budget, um, side of me, the budgeting side of me and the simplicity side of me wants to just do nothing. Um, but I know they really are getting to an age where there's some fun things that don't make sense during the school year that they could do during the summer. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to thinking more about it. Um, do you remember like a summer or a few summers when you had like like when Clara was a baby, when you had like a bunch of little kids yeah. and what, like what, what did you do during those summers? You mean like for childcare and yeah, stuff? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Um, oh man. Well, I've never really been someone who's had steady childcare for a variety of reasons. It's always been kind of catch as catch can. I've swapped with friends. I've, um, shared nannies with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just friends and I have just used each other like as a drop in mm-hmm. kind of like, And then, you know, John and I were able to work our schedules back and forth for a long time. So I would say summer was always pretty just loose. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember getting up, like staying up later, working at night and getting up with my kids always sleep in. So like Mm -hmm. working from, you know, like eight to 10 in the morning when they're still kind of emerging and rubbing their eyes and (laughs) slow. Like I remember getting some work done then and then maybe like we'd go do our thing. And in the middle of the day, we they'd go watch TV or take a nap Mm -hmm. and I would work a little bit more. So I was maybe working like five, six hours a day. I was working a lot on weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just never was someone who had like a full-time childcare situation ever. Yeah. Maybe since like when I really did work outside the home when Jacob and Isaac were really little, that was probably the last time I had actual legit full-time childcare. It's funny when I took that job at the marketing agency a couple years ago, um, it was, I think, 2017 Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. fall Mm -hmm. end of so it was end of the summer in 2017 and I completely forgot about the fact that my kids wouldn't be going back to school like I took the job like they offered it to me really fast I I took the job it was like August 14th when I took it and then I thought oh no (laughs) first of all like I have three weeks before my kids are back in school and also like it's the end of the school year or the end of the summer there's no camps like everybody here like kind of winds that stuff down in August yeah I feel like August is the month that sports start back up yes. and um, people go on vacations and stuff. They're so, like, either they're gone just, or they're getting ready for school. Yeah. yeah. So there's just not a lot of camps and things. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? So honestly, I think I had like, and, and luckily my kids were still old enough at the time that like I could leave the house and yeah. I would just come home and check on them during lunch. I would leave early. Like they, they, they kind of arranged for me to be able to leave a little earlier and come in a little bit later. And um, I would have my brother or my sister-in-law stop in and check on them. Or sometimes I would arrange for them to like get on their bikes and ride over to a friend's house and then check in with me when they got there. So we made it work, but it had just never been something I had to think about. And all of a sudden I was just like, Oh, what do yeah. What do people who work outside the home do? I mean, like I didn't even think about it and it was kind of a reminder. (laughs) I think it's really, it's really good to talk about because I think there's almost like there's the extreme where if your job situation requires you to have full-time traditional daycare, then most yeah. likely, especially with little like it, babies right? and toddlers, yeah. most, most likely you just keep it. Although I will say we have been at Montessori preschools and different preschools that also serve as full-time childcare. And they sometimes randomly close for like a week in the summer. So even the year round yeah. places, um, sometimes are closed for a couple of weeks or they'll do things like move classrooms in the summer or have a, have a shortened day or have a different kind of schedule. So I feel like even if you're in a full-time traditional daycare, summer can be a little bit of a time of like transition or upheaval or whatever that you've got to kind of keep that in mind. And then if you are fully staying at home, and this is kind of something I remember is the, your kids are not on a school schedule yet. So nothing really changes. Right. And, and so, I mean, on the one hand, I guess that's simpler, but I do remember feeling like 
the world around me changed. Like I remember the programming at the, at the library or like the things that we were used to going to do. And there'd be nobody there. There's a whole bunch of big kids. I remember that going to target in the middle of the day and being like, Oh, there's big kids here, you know, and you're used to. So I think no matter what your situation, you kind of, you do notice the shift, but it's probably people like you and I who work independently or who have a kind of cobbled together childcare that mostly, mostly consists of school, part-time or yeah. full-time school. And that's when it's like, okay, right. <laughs> what this do we do? Like, different. how far do I want to stretch myself to just work while they're home versus giving myself like, you know, and then the economics of that, like camps right. here are really expensive and it's just never felt to me. Give me, like, give me a ballpark when you're talking okay. expensive. So I feel like per kid per week, it's going to be somewhere. The low end would be like 200 for the week and the high end would be 500 for a week, depending on the type of camp for a camp. That's probably realistically, probably only like nine to four. That's the other thing. Like if you truly work eight to five, a lot of these camps are like nine to three, or then you pay extra for the aftercare or you've got to find a way for them to get home. So I don't know. Do those numbers. That actually sounds so here we don't have, like, I will say the town that I live in has a serious daycare shortage. Serious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a real problem um, for, like, licensed daycares that yeah. have multi-aged kids right. and, you know, can really accommodate the kids here. And so it's, I, I think that the camps are all very oriented towards stay-at-home parents. And I think that's just yeah. the reality. That's just, that's life, right? Like, preschool schedules are always going to work better for a stay-at-home parent than they're sure. ever going to work for sure. a working parent. Um, and, and camps tend to be the same, like nine to three, you know, but I will say on the other hand, they're not crazy expensive for the most part. Um, we have a free one that runs through the, it might not be free anymore. They might've started charging something nominal for it, but like a hundred bucks for the whole season or something that goes, that is run by the city. Okay. And I think because they know, like, there's no like option for these. So it's held at this ice rink. Right. Okay. Right. In this kind of neighborhood, like right between my house and John and Jenna's house. I think you've probably saw it when. Okay. You went to their yeah. house with me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's right across the street from their house. Um, well, there's no place for kids to go when it's over at three o'clock. Like there's yeah. no, or four, whenever it gets done. So they have it. So kids can sign themselves out and walk home. So oh, okay. it's kind of that small town. Like they make allowances for stuff yeah. like that. Cause I think they just realize that the reality of the town I live in, it's not as much of like parents or nannies pick kids up and take them everywhere as probably some suburbs yeah. and bigger cities would be. So there's that, um, there's a tennis camp that the kids go to. That's like 80 bucks or 60 or $80 for the whole season. It's an hour a day, Monday through Thursday. So that's great. Cause they get to go play tennis. They get to get outside. They get good instruction. Yeah. That's bad because you have to get them there and it's an hour long. So what do you do during the hour? Yeah, that you is, go grocery shop really short. You go, yeah. You go for a walk. Like it's not really camp. It's called camp because it's every day, but it's really more like, like a clinic or a lesson, like a clinic or yeah. like a lesson. Yeah. So it's an activity. It's not a camp. So there's a lot, you can cobble a lot together, but again, that doesn't solve the problem. If you're like, if you're a working parent and you're hoping to get a little bit of a break from daycare costs, or maybe your summer hours are a little bit less or whatever, and you think you can have a little bit of a break, it it doesn't solve that problem. So the cobbling is what I think is so interesting. And it's why we have to have this conversation in March, because almost no matter what your work situation. If you have a work situation, there is going to be cobbling. I will say one thing I've noticed because I just did a bunch of camp research uh, recently here. Most camps have a before care and an after care built in because we have a lot of, I mean, we're an affluent area for sure, but we are, we have a lot of two parent full-time working families. So, um, but it costs more. So again, it's, it's, they're going to charge you an extra $75 for the week for that. Whereas if you have a little bit of flexibility like I do, then you can do the nine to three. But I will say that I haven't found many camps that don't have one. They just know it's a necessity. They just charge you more for it. Um, And then, and sometimes I feel like for younger kids, it makes for a really long day in a way that school and after school care is different. Some of the camps, I feel like it's just a long time to be with counselors who are probably really good in whatever they're there for, you know, like right. coding club or, you know, tennis, right. but it, but yeah. not necessarily to like watch that many kids yeah. all day long. And, and, yeah. yeah. Especially when the kids are little, the older kids get, I think the more kind of resilient they get, they're, they're happy bopping around, but it's, right. it's the cobbling together that unless you're truly at a year round daycare or school facility that just 
that doesn't take breaks, which is awesome from a simplicity, but you're, I'm sure you're also paying for that because that's not cheap either, but it's the cobbling together that I think has to start this time of year. And that's yeah, no matter what, no um, matter what. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your summer is looking like as it stands now? Do you know when your kids get out? And <laughs> Well, I love it in the, in the outline you put, when do your kids get out and when do they start? And I, I wrote, I have no idea because I really Sometime in, they get out sometime in June. Okay. And they go back sometime after Labor Day. Generally, they go back like the day. Usually it works out like the end of the first week of June is usually their last day. And then the first day or two after so Labor Day is generally the first summer. day back. It's a very long summer. We have long summers here. Yeah, I know um, that we, Michigan has the thing where you're not allowed to start till after Labor Day, but I would think then you'd be in school till like the third week of June. Yeah, they're very, they're very, um, they're disciplined, at least in our area, about making sure that people take full advantage of tourism season. I mean, yeah. Michigan tourism is huge. I, they yeah. did actually change that law, I think, to where um, to where you, you can opt out. Like if you want to start before Labor Day, I think they changed that. But our I can't imagine our school district ever yeah. going for that. I think people would lose their minds because yeah. we just live like where I live. It's fairly traditional. Like people, there's a lot of families that take vacations like it's just it's mm -hmm. something about it there's a lot of stay-at-home parents here I just think that there's probably and it's kind of old school yeah like, it's like this kind of old school yeah place. it's yeah. like school doesn't start till September I right I mean I really I kind of like it but it's, I just it's looked up I had to look anymore. up the YMCA camp here just to find out the price it's 130 a week for members and 160 for non-members okay and that's nine to four thirty I would say that's probably close to what the cost is for most camps around here so they yeah. You know, it's it's not a super expensive place to summer. Um right. and and it but it is a long summer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of camps don't run from beginning of summer to the end. Like yes. even the city camp, I think, runs like the first eight yeah. weeks, maybe. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like no matter what, right, no it's matter cobbling. what, it's a co it's gonna require cobbling. Yeah. Um, so what so anyway, I don't know when my kids get out exactly, but it's probably around June eighth, maybe. Yeah. And then they get they'll go back like around September seventh or something like that. Right. And during that time, we don't really have a lot planned. Um I want to take them camping a few times, like we did last year. That Is was your great. camper fixed for those no. following along at home? Are you gonna get no, it fixed? It's not. I'm gonna get it fixed. Now that it's we had a tarp over it that froze to it. <laughs> there was like a huge block of ice like literally was we could not penetrate. Okay. And it finally melted away. So we finally yanked the tarp off the other day. And so now I'm going to start looking around to see where I can take it. Um, we have a trip up north planned with my siblings in July. So like up to the UP. Okay. And that'll be like camping or cabins. I'm not sure which. Uh, a friend of mine is actually putting on an entrepreneur camp, which I really want to sign Clara up for because her for daughter. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's neat. Her daughter's a year older and made a bunch of bath salts and sold them and made a profit. And now she's <laughs> like wants to kind of teach other kids how to do the same thing so that'll be really fun that's really cool yeah and we do have to get stuff like on our schedule because we do a lot of things we're just not going a lot of places mm -hmm. this year and i i'm i'm really hoping to buy a house in the next year or so so i'm mm -hmm. putting myself in financial austerity mode mm -hmm. um so we're just gonna have to really buckle down and make the most of this area i think for the most part what about the middle school and high school boys like what um, I know we talked about the video game thing and like kind of needing something. Do they have stuff like sports or plays or theater? Like, is there requirements of their time at all in the summer or no? So, um, there is a play that I'm actually directing and I was excited about that because I thought Will was going to do it. Now he's saying he is only interested in rock and roll and does not care about theater anymore. <laughs> so in the past, usually when he's done a show, I've directed it. Mm -hmm. So then he just goes with me and it's yeah. not a big deal. Um, but this year, William has gotten really good at getting himself around town. There's almost nowhere he won't go by bike. Oh, great. So, you know, he'll he'll ride like two or three miles on his bike. No problem. So he really gets himself around. And then Owen is still kind of at my mercy. And part of the reason Owen's at my mercy and it doesn't work out for him often is because he's one of these kids who makes like really vague, loose last minute plans with his mm -hmm. friends. And then three quarters of the time they fall through because mm -hmm. the other kid hasn't actually spoken to his parents right. or whatever. And I'm just not willing to like set my entire evening aside yeah. for something that's not going to happen or whatever, like, you know, move our whole weekend around because he might maybe go to a friend's house and then have it turn out. It's not actually happening. So I'm pretty strict with like, when you have a real plan, come talk to me then mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. like parental approval yeah. and like, I'll tell <laughs> An you agenda. what's possible. Yeah. An agenda. Yeah. And then I'll do it. Um, and then, and then you've got Clara. Clara really is at the age now where she has a lot of friends that she wants to play with um I definitely and this is probably terrible but I definitely 
steer her toward friendships that are easy for me to maintain, which yeah. means the ones that are in like a five block radius and the ones that where the mom and I talk a lot anyway. Yeah. And I know like that's going to start changing. Yeah, I know. This but, is this is like kind of a side conversation, but this is like a whole next phase of parenting that I admit, I just don't know how it works with kids making their own plans these days because it's so different. I mean, Allegra yeah. is fifth grade. She'll be sixth grade. She'll be middle school. And by that time, I was talking on the house phone frequently yeah. with my friends, yeah. either talking on the phone just for fun, like chatting about stuff or talking on the phone, making plans and saying, Hey mom, can you drive me here? Because she does not have her own smartphone and won't for a while. That's not, she has a little one that she um, can text from the house with, but even then she doesn't do it. She it's yeah. like in a drawer and I want to keep it that way. That's more important to me to keep it that way, but it means she doesn't really make her own plans. And I don't, I don't know what it looks like when she starts to, this is like a whole separate conversation. Well, and it's I just funny say that. Yeah. Clara has her phone, but she forgets it half the time. Like she doesn't even know she, she doesn't know how to get in touch with any of her friends. Yeah. On Allegra has like one school friend yeah. on there and she, <laughs> yes. and her, her, basically her school friend kind of gave up on her because I don't let her, I don't let her just have the phone out any old time. Yeah. It's usually like, Hey, can I play this game or can I, you know, do this? And so I think her, her friend, even though they're good friends at school, she basically like gave up on having yeah. a texting relationship with Allegra because the phone sits in a drawer for like a week at a time. And I don't know why Clara wouldn't have these kids numbers because like, like she could, she yeah. could ask for their numbers and she just doesn't, I don't, she doesn't think about it. She's not phone oriented and yeah. I'm happy about that. And right. I don't want to change that. Um, but I still, I end up doing a lot, which makes it kind of easy, honestly, because then you like, can be, yeah, then I can control it yeah. a little bit. And I could be like, I, gosh, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard back from that mom. And it's really, cause yeah. I didn't text cause I don't want to take her there, but I'll, yeah. then I'll set something <laughs> else up. It's terrible. I'm a liar, but I'll do something like, I'll say, oh, well, you know what that I haven't heard back or I haven't had a chance to text her. But you know what I do know? I do know that Sam, who is like one of my right. best friend, Missy's kid and lives two blocks away. I know he's home today. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. want to play? And yeah. like because he's a kid I've known since birth, like he can come over any old time. Yeah. I don't feel like there has to be. I don't know. Like, I don't have to have the house looking a certain right. way or like right. a, a, a healthy snack prepared right. or whatever. So right. that makes it simpler. Um, but even so, Owen's had a smartphone for a couple of years. And technically, again, he he has the ability to text kids, but they're terrible about yeah. keeping like, they're just terrible about um, follow through and stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of times he'll try to make plans on like Xbox live. Like he'll get on Xbox live just to he'll get into a game to talk to a friend he thinks is in the same game. <laughs> and so all this stuff is happening through the game. It's like, uh, yeah, man, you're going to like come over today, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I got to ask my mom. Well, they're not going to ask their mom while they're playing the yes. game. So then oh they forget. Oh my gosh, how funny. And like then by the time someone asks someone else and then we're like, how can we, can we talk to the other mom? And then they don't know each other's phone numbers. I mean, it's just the way, the different communication yeah. ways that these kids have to get in touch with each, with, with each other creates a lot of complication, but it also kind of makes it easy to pass the buck and be like, sorry, dude, like right. you didn't put this together. Now, Will at 15 is completely in control. Like right. he's got his and communication he's methods. Social. He's super social. He's got his communication methods down to a T. Yeah. And what's nice is that he takes total ownership of it. And I don't have to really worry about it too much as long as I know where he's going. So, yeah, no, that it, makes it, sense. It, it, it the phase like will it's... look different based on each kid, but it also doesn't happen as quickly as you might think. Yeah. Like suddenly they're texting and setting up plans. Well, that, that is actually helpful to hear. And actually, I kind of thought of a tip even um, for summer that has seemed to work. And that is like to just be proactive about the type of social stuff you want to do. So I'd rather yeah. almost have a day where my kids each invite two friends over and I have like eight kids in my house and we decide to like do a lemonade stand or like, yep. like do something fun. Then, you know, have kids trickling in and yes, out yeah. or like have kids whining. Like I, I haven't had a play date in a while. Yeah. So getting on top of it and deciding what to do or doing a beach day where you can invite a whole bunch of people all at yep. once. But yeah, it is something I think about as, especially as Allegra gets into older, just older friendships. And I don't want her to be like homebound playing with her brother and sister all summer. So right. I, I already forget how it worked last summer, but it seemed to work out okay. So I guess it will. Just do that again. Um, It'll come back. It'll be in the muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. So I guess real quick, our summer before we take a break. So I've just been looking at this. Um, We are going to go up to Santa Barbara to my parents' house for like a week and a half right at the beginning of the summer. And, um, we just kind of hang out when we're up there. I, we've talked about having the kids do some kind of a camp or activity up there. Cause it's where I grew up and there's some, you know, camps that I like zoo camp that I went to and stuff, but we always go early and those kids don't get out of school till later in June. So there's no camps in early June. Um, we get yeah. out May 31st this year is our last wow. day of school. Yeah. Yeah. That's early. And we will start August 14th. 
Okay. So it's a little shorter and um, definitely earlier than yours. And then we don't have, we're going to be around here all the end of June through July. My sister's having another baby. So I'm going to go see them in July, but just me. And then I think as a family, the five of us are going to drive up to the Bay Area. We haven't done, we don't do a lot of just trips as the five of us because we have family to go see. So whenever we go on vacation, it's great, but it's usually with one side or the other family wise. So the five of us are going to go up to the Bay Area and just do San Francisco with the kids, like Alcatraz oh, and be nice. touristy Fine. stuff. And we can do that. It's a it's a long drive, but it's a drive. Um, so yeah, a couple of drive trips, nothing bigger than that. And then I've just started to kind of plug in the camps. And I it's not going to be a lot, but the week that I go see my sister, I needed to have them all in the same camp just because then Brian can drop them off and pick them up and they're all in the same place. Yeah, and so they're going to do a little theater um camp that's doing a, some kind of Harry Potter play that week. Fun. And that was one where I was like, you guys don't have any input. This is not me asking you what you want to do for camp. This is me <laughs> telling you where you're going. And they have some friends who are doing it. And so, yeah, should be good. It was fun. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, I know music education is important to a lot of parents, but we also know parents and caregivers already have a lot on their plate. Our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is here to help. Their online resources can help facilitate music education and learning as a family for free. Yeah, and we've talked about Carnegie Hall Kids in the past and all of their great educational games, quizzes, and videos for kids and families. And now kids can check out their brand new Sights You Can Hear quiz, which plays a piece of music and then has you guess what visual image inspired it. Our listeners may have heard the name Carnegie Hall because of their live performances, but they might not know about all the educational resources they also have for kids and families on their website. And the best part is everything on the Carnegie Hall Kids website is completely free. Listeners, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. That's kids.carnegiehall.org. All right. Getting back into it now. Let's talk about All summer. the planning. So let's talk about fun. And I, in our outline... We hate fun. We do hate fun. No. But uh, summer is at least... I think what I look forward to about summer is any kind of seasonal change, I think, feels exciting to me, it's the same reason I look forward to back to school or look forward to the holidays. It's like you just get to kind of shake things up a little bit. It, it keeps you it keeps you on your toes. And I do look forward to summer fun for that reason. I might not like traditional fun like Fourth right. of July fireworks, as we've established. But um, in our outline, I was kind of laughing because I said, let's talk about planning for fun, which almost has like a anticlimactic ring to it. Right. Like shouldn't it fun be spontaneous, but this is something to talk about. Like we've kind of established that childcare is a challenge. Um, getting kids where they need to be is a challenge. Um, but what are some of the ways we leave room for fun or make sure that the whole summer doesn't go by and you're like, wait, yeah. well, we didn't do that thing. Do you have any, any high level well, yeah, thoughts? This is definitely something that's changed for us over the years. Cause I will say when, when our kids were really little, we were a lot more relaxed about that stuff. Um, because a lot of my friends, like their kids were little too. So like during the summer, no one was doing anything. So when you say you were relaxed, you didn't like, you didn't plan stuff because you I would didn't just plan, end we up having We might plan a fun. vacation or something, okay. but like we wouldn't, we didn't plan like what were, where we were going to be on certain nights or whatever, because we weren't taking the kids out to see 
concerts at the park. And we weren't like, right. like a lot of those things that we've started, that we started to do as they got, as they all got older. Right. Because it would still have been miserable to go do certain things, yep. even when some of the kids were old enough to do it, if I had a baby or a toddler to take with. So this is something I've had to get really better about. When I, I realized that as my friends and families, as their kids got older and they started to have more camps and mm-hmm. commitments and things that they were doing, and then the same thing was happening to me, it was really easy to double book things by accident. Mm-hmm. Um I like to say yes to everything and then go back later and be like, oh, why did I say yes to that? So actually just last night I was looking at my calendar um, at the three months of summer just so I can visualize where there yeah. might be some gaps. I tend to kind of front load my summer. Yeah, so a I lot know of this about you. Yeah. yeah. So we do we don't do a lot in the first two weeks of June. I feel like I feel like when school gets out, we're like, what happened? Yeah. And you, <laughs> you need that like hangover week. <laughs> yeah. Like typically there's not a ton happening until like late June. But then if we're going to travel or do stuff like that, it kind of happens or if like there's any shows coming up, it just kind of always happens that it's like late June through July. Like mm-hmm. that's when all of the action happens. And then August, I kind of like to just leave open when I can. It's I feel so good about having, I hate the feeling of the summer being over and I didn't feel like I got to yeah. experience it. Yeah. So I like kind of getting all that flurry of activity out in the beginning. And then I have like a full month and like five weeks. Mm-hmm. To do things like random overnight camping trips or Mm -hmm. treks to the beach or a friend's pool. Plus, we have the advantage of here, the season starts to wind down in August. Mm -hmm. So things are just less busy. And then you guys can take advantage because you because the tourists have gone. Yeah. 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 I like that. I also just I printed out a blank version of June, July and August um, and because it just helps me to have it on paper and like chicken scratch it up. So this summer we are also kind of front loaded. I mentioned our big Santa Barbara trip is right at the beginning. And then I think I counted the kids have five or six full weeks in a row where they are home. I have a trip in the middle there um, Mm -hmm. and they have a half day camp. They're going to do at our piano studio, but there's three weeks in a row. I know in July where none of us have a single thing. So nobody's doing any camps and nobody's going anywhere. And that we haven't had that in a few summers, actually, because we like to go up to Santa Barbara. And that's just kind of an extension of home when we're there. I mean, I still work and stuff, but I think it will be nice just to be here. So I guess where that leads to thinking about fun and stuff is I am not really very good about taking advantage of like traditional quote unquote fun things like you mentioned, like concert in the park series or movie in the parks or I don't know. There's all kinds of fun, like festivals and like take the free shuttle along the beach and do this. And I, I think it, it's a little bit of like a leftover resistance to that kind of thing when you have three really little kids. But the thing is I, I don't anymore. Like my kids are very portable and they, they do a pretty good job on outings like that. So I guess I try to keep an eye on what's happening. And because I'm not, um, because I naturally resist those things, I try to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit and see if we can try something new. Last summer, Allegra and I went to a Shakespeare in the park um, and it was really, really fun. And so like, you just have to, I don't know, some of you out there may be listening and thinking I'm crazy because you like to say yes to everything and do all the fun things. But for me, I actually have to like kind of decide it's important and put it on the calendar. Otherwise I will want to do nothing. Well, let me just be clear. When I say <laughs> say yes to everything, that is not the kind of thing yeah. that I say yes to. Yeah. Um, I have realized the beauty of taking one kid to things like that mm-hmm. and only planning to take one kid yes. to things like that. Like they don't all have to go to everything. And right. So, you know, you taking Allegra to Shakespeare in the park sounds really fun. Yeah. Me taking, you know, three kids or yeah. you taking three kids sounds less fun. Less right? fun. Yes. Yeah. And and I will also say that a lot of the, the festivals and things that go on around here are kind of oriented toward adults getting out like we have tons of beer festivals right. and wine festivals and there's music they're no fun with kids in my opinion right. and I tried doing them with kids and it was like it was just an excuse for the parents to get out which I totally agree like I love that yeah. and I think that you should totally get out and have a beer and watch some music and talk to your friends but my experience of doing that when my kids were little it was miserable yeah. I would rather sit in someone's backyard so yeah yeah a lot of the things that like end up on my calendar are things that I'm doing with friends or just I'm doing, or I'm doing with one kid, right? You know, it's, it's not like a lot of those kind of things you're talking about. Yeah. And I think if you have really little kids, I think there's a way you can put a spin on this that, that doesn't stretch you out of, that doesn't make you crazy and make you hate fun. I, last summer, we made a point to go to the library a couple of times and go to a different public library branch, yeah. which is, first of all, it's free. Second of all, we're still going to end up in the children's section of a library. <laughs> so it's like, right. it's not going to stretch me too far in my, you know, aversion to trying new things. 
but the kids thought it was really fun because we ended up over in a different like we have a pretty sprawling you know suburban area where you can go to a bunch of different libraries and honestly they thought that was really exciting so Mm -hmm. I think there's little ways that you can you know keep an eye on the flyers in your town and the things that come out but you can say yes in little tiny ways that still feel like you're maybe taking advantage of local stuff without having to do every parade and every fireworks and Yeah. And sometimes like, I mean, this isn't even, this isn't even leaving, but like, I remember running out to the store, to Dairy Queen, going through the drive-thru and getting a box of dilly bars and bringing it home and telling the kids to eat dilly bars in the backyard and having them get like so excited about that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, sometimes like it doesn't take, like sometimes it's worth going 10 minutes out of your way to give them a treat that then makes them happy all day. Even if you really feel like you just didn't do anything at all. Yeah. And and it's such a good reminder that their expectations and their memories of summer are going to be probably a lot simpler than you think. And with our Pinterest culture and Instagram culture, it's easy to feel like you have to have a really awesome bucket list and then check everything off. And you totally can, if that's fun for you, you totally can do it. Um, I think like, I think all moms probably go through this like hopeful, like aspirational part of summer where it's like, here's all the things we could possibly do. And then reality sets in and you just go get dilly bars and everybody's, everybody's happy. (laughs) Um, I thought it would be fun to talk about how we both live in very touristy Mm. places. And how does that play out for you? Because the weather's great all of a sudden, but you have like a gazillion more people in your town. Yeah. I think the town size almost doubles. Oh my gosh. Like I don't go downtown during the summer if I can avoid it now that said like of course there are exceptions like it's not that big of a deal to go get ice cream at the very expensive ice cream place downtown if it's two o'clock on a Tuesday but like two o'clock on a Saturday is a very different story um our town has a couple beaches that are mobbed like absolutely mobbed I would not approach them at all during the summer maybe like maybe in an evening randomly here or there, Mm -hmm. maybe like, you know, when the season's kind of winding down, but I would never go to like Silver Beach downtown on a Saturday. I just wouldn't. And even if you're from out of town, I wouldn't recommend that you do either. It's a beautiful beach, but we have lots of beautiful beaches. Sometimes you just, if you just keep driving along the lake, you're going to find lots of, you're going to find lots of beaches. Um, We have a splash pad downtown, like like down by the the beach. Um, Again, on a Saturday in July, it's going to be a hot mess. But if you wait until a random Wednesday in August, you probably are going to have a better time. So we just, we just kind of figure out like there's totally different like restaurants to go to. There's Mm -hmm. different parks to go to and you don't have to work that hard to find them. You just stay out of the areas where, you know, most people can like, because people are getting vacation homes and walking. So any place that is easily walkable, just don't go there. Yeah. Um, And in fact, we just don't go out as much. Like we stay in people's backyards and grill Uh or like, you know, we just, we limit going out sometimes into the like to the beach as just in the evening or mm-hmm. in the early in the morning. So I don't know. Like, do you guys do the same kinds of stuff? Yeah. Or? So this is so funny because when we left Arizona, so for all of my motherhood for the first six years, I lived in Arizona. I had three babies there and Arizona is a touristy place in the winter. But in the summer, everybody leaves. And it was kind of depressing as a mostly stay-at-home mom. My husband was working full-time. We usually had one trip maybe that we could look forward to, but a lot of Arizona people have um, either like a cabin in the mountains where you can get away and it's only 90 degrees instead of 115. (laughs) So they do that on the weekends or they have some kind of like uncle has a beach house in San Diego. Like people are gone. And it was, it was not fun. I mean, not only is the weather prohibitively hot, you can't go outside, but also no one's around. So I almost experienced the reverse in Arizona and it was hard. Summers were long and lonely, just like the winter would be in Minnesota. If you were, had little kids like you did. Um, so then coming here, there's a part of me that likes the feeling of like people embrace So on the one hand, we have good weather year round and we can go to the beach year round. However, there is still like that surf culture here that people embrace the fact that they can go to the beach every single day. And I am not a beach everyday person, but I like, I like living in a place where I remember when we moved back and I saw like a grown man, like a dad who had like a surfboard on his top of his car and was like in the Starbucks line. And he was all Sandy and he was like a, it wasn't a kid or a teenager. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. Like, I forgot what it's like to live in the place where people love the ocean so much. And so on the one hand, I'm willing to put up 
with a little bit of the extra crowds because I really do. It feels special to live in that place where people are coming to vacation here and I get to live here. On the other, just like you said, you totally avoid certain things on certain days. The traffic is going to be way worse. Weekend travel traffic is really hard. That's something we deal with because we have to drive through LA or San Diego to go anywhere. So that is a bummer. I mean, locally, like if I'm just going around my town, you don't really notice tourism, but if you want to go to the beach or you want to get on the freeway, you notice it and it's, it slows you down. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. Like I do live in a place where it is a vacation. They live in a place where you can feel like you're on vacation months of the year. And that's awesome. And we do take advantage of like, you know, people will just randomly send a, uh, a Voxer message. My little group will be like, hey, anybody want to go to the beach at yeah. 10 a.m.? We just know what which beach we're not going to go to. Yes. You know? Yes. And yeah, which days we're not going to go and stuff like that. We do morning. Like we always are a little earlier to the beach than most people. And that will help hugely with crowds. Like if you even go at 10 yeah. by 11 or 1130, it's a different beach. So the, I think I think that helps. And by the same token, evening, like you said, like yeah. going for like an evening walk on the beach and just learn you learn and there's a lot of there's a lot of also like random events that happen that I feel like I'm never prepared for oh yeah um like um runs like charity runs (laughs) and long distance like half uh Uh not like a triathlons and stuff and I think there's like I don't know it's not an iron man like a half iron man or something that happens here and like it's a lot of there can suddenly be like a day you think is going to be safe and every all the parking is closed yeah. down on the one day you wanted to go downtown yeah. and you thought you could get away with it or like you can't even navigate around because the streets are closed or there's people randomly running and riding bikes everywhere so you just kind of have oh and we live in a place too where there's two rivers to cross to kind of mm-hmm. get to the other neighboring cities and the drawbridges go up mm-hmm. so you can't count on getting through you know oh so gosh. like yeah. you just kind of like everyone goes into this slowed down mode here yeah. where it's like you missed the meeting yeah the drawbridge was up we get yeah. it like you know <laughs> You kind of almost have a pass, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. No, I like that. And you, the the big difference for you guys is you only have the weather for the yes. fair amount of time. So everyone knows that this is the time to be outside. Like everyone's Whereas, taking advantage of I it. I feel yeah. like for us, we can almost give up after a while and be like, I'm just going to not go to the beach till September. Right. Um, because the, it, it is funny how September, it's still really warm here, but all the tourists have gone home. So that yeah. tends to be like a great Indian summer. You can still do all the warm weather things um, without the tourists. So well, I want to wrap up by talking about like we started out talking about we've got a plan for summer, even though it's March. And then we kind of talked about all the reasons we need to plan. So functional calendar planning. Should we talk a little bit about that? I, I'm sure, sure I'll have a couple of things to say. And then I w- I'm definitely interested in your life right now because you've got adult kids. You've got a divorced family. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. OK, um, so I guess if you're new around here, this might be new. But others of you have heard me talk about calendar planning because I really like it. Um, <laughs> but it's nothing it's not it's nothing revolutionary. I do like to print out a hard copy or have a paper calendar. Now, the rest of my calendar is digital. So for me, it's printing out a version of my Google calendar for you. It could be just a paper planner. Um, but there's something about hi- like looking at each week. And so that's what I did this week. And I just, you know, wrote down the trips that I know about and it's only two trips, but that's starting to, those are the rocks, right. That fit in the jar yeah. first. You got to get those in. Um, and then in the past we have done things like we have done one-on-one dates with each kid and we have kind of, um, put those in on weekends that we know we're home. And so the Shakespeare play that I took a leg or two, that was part of that. And that the kids look forward to that because we don't do it throughout the year. So they know they get one one on one date with each of us over the summer. And even something as simple as that, that's only two or three hours. If you're gone a bunch of weekends, it's got to fit in somewhere. Right. So I might pencil that in and we might not make the actual plans or buy the tickets for several weeks. But if I if I see it on there, it just helps you make other informed decisions. Like you were saying, like when you accidentally say yes to a bunch of things. Um, and then finally, I really like to leave a few weeks where there's absolutely nothing. Just like you were yeah. saying, like leave that time open. Um, when it gets a little bit closer is probably when I'll start thinking about like the structure of our actual days and maybe giving my kids some rules or some chores or some expectations. One thing I want to think about, it's too early to think about now, but, um, being a short order cook for both breakfast and lunch is, is not fun all summer long. And my kids are getting 
older. And while it's, I mean, on the one hand, you're always, I'm so glad not to pack school lunches anymore. I'm like, woohoo. But then I'm like, oh, wait, but you have to eat lunch at home. And there's so many more dishes and so much more. So that's something that's not really calendar planning, but since we know I like to think about these things ahead of time. It's something to think about. It's something yeah. to think about. And, and as they get older, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution will be, but either maybe some prep ahead stuff that I do or maybe some expectations about them making their own lunch um, or or just having like, sometimes like the kids don't want to eat at the same time. So I end up making yeah. like food all day. So I've got to think about that. Um, those are the types of things I'll, I'll kind of be noodling on as we get closer to when they actually are home. But I don't know. Well, and we should mention that we're going to be doing um, another episode about like gear. Yeah. Summer. And I think some of that could actually could include things at home that make your summer life easier. Yes. Because I do think there's ways to like set your fridge up to make it easier for kids to like grab and go. Yes. And feed themselves. Um, I know that I have kids who I think they're all they're all old enough to feed themselves. Some of them won't. (laughs) Unless there's something, well, I would say most of them, unless there's something really easy, they often will just not, they will put off eating or they'll eat whatever the easiest junk is. So it's like, there has to be like, we, like we still have to prep to some degree or create a structure around it without, I don't want to have to like serve a big lunch every day. Right. You know, at the same time that like my kids are too old for that now. So yeah. So, um, that's something we can definitely talk about. Yeah. That episode. Definitely. So do you want to talk about, um, I mean, this is so different now for you. You've got two adult kids and then you, how does that change having the older kids? We talked a little bit about the teenage boys, but what about like, do you have to set times where you're like, okay, we're going on a family camping trip this weekend, put it on your calendars. Yeah. Like we do that. We have some of that. Um, the kind of the, the general rule I have is that if you're around, like, I'm not ever going to get down on someone for wanting to go eat dinner at somebody else's house or not being around for dinner right. every now and then. But because we have limited time together now, um, if it gets to be too much, I will ask, you know, I'll be saying this is a night we're all going to stay home. We're all going to have dinner together. We have things to do. Like we have to get the house cleaned up. Yeah. And, and then we have, we have, um, vacation plans. Mm-hmm. So like those things are non-negotiables for the kids under 18. Like I, you know, my kids who are independent adults get to decide what they want to do. Okay. Um, now that said, if we had a big thing planned, they would know about it. And I'm sure they would. Right. Go, like if you like, were going to like a family member's 80th birthday or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. They would go to that. But like, if it was just, well, but there have been times that it didn't work out. Like they had to work. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's just kind of reality as kids yeah. get older. And, and I've seen that happen. I'm glad that my sister's kids got old, got older fat uh-huh. before mine. Cause I got to see how they kind of went away and came back. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Like they drift away and then they start coming to stuff again. Yeah. And yeah, you do see that that is pretty natural. Yeah. Um, the kids under, you know, 18 so far, like Will, Clara and Owen, pretty much anything that we're going to do, either they're into it or it never occurred to them that they can throw a fit about it. Like <laughs> yeah. they, sometimes they'll be like, well, I kind of would rather just not this weekend. But most of the time they, they like doing stuff. Yeah. Um, William, because he's a social butterfly would always prefer when possible to make his own, to be the man, like control his own destiny. But he also kind of realizes he can't. So I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It's like case by case. You decide as you go. Um, but other than the stuff that we set up ahead of time to go like visit family, which they usually want to do. I don't, I'm not too, like, I'm not going to care if Clara and I are heading downtown to do something and no one else wants to go like whatever. I don't, that's like. Sometimes there's some benefits to that. I mean, you end up with more one-on-one time with different kids, depending on everybody's schedule. I'm already starting to see that a little bit and mine aren't even independent. So what about the, the divorce stuff? Like now this is your third summer. This is my third summer. Um, so you know, we use Google calendar and we've talked about that before. Like it doesn't really change in the summer. Um, but the bigger kids schedules do get trickier in the summer because I live in the same town as their school, which is where all their friends and social events are. Mm -hmm. And John's about 30 minutes away and I'm not going to drive them back and forth all the time. And he doesn't always have time and he's not always available. So then a lot of times they kind of like the older kids, particularly will kind of use my house as like a de facto staging ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that can be a little disorienting. I mean, we've talked about like the mess and stuff like that, but I've finally gotten really good at compartmentalizing my time mm-hmm. to where when my kids are here, I'm really into the kids being here. And then when they're gone, I just like, I've really kind of gotten used to finally sure. a quiet house and yeah. having that time. And I like it. And 
then suddenly six foot two will, you know, comes like lumbering through the back door because he had to pick up a change of clothes or he wants to grab a snack. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were in town, dude. Like, what are you yeah. doing here? So I like it. I never don't want to see of my course, kids. You, of course. But, but I like, can. Yeah, it's jarring. And right? you worked it, really like, hard. We've, we've done episodes on this, but you've worked really hard to like at post-divorce have a structure and a schedule right. that like this is John's time. This is your time. So that right. would be like kind of anti everything that you guys right. have tried to establish. <laughs> right. And I think it's just, it just is what it is. It's yeah. just, it's not perfect. It's messy. I mean, it's like, what is my option to say yeah. no? Or like, don't get out, come of, in my the house, get out of my house. I mean, I just try to take a deep breath and, and John is, he tries to be good about letting me know when kids are going to be stopping by, but even he doesn't always know because yeah. once, once a kid, like once Will's here in town, he just kind of sees this as his stomping grounds and he doesn't think about it. He'll yeah. just stop by and it wouldn't occur to him to like check in with me. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just the divorce thing. It's just the, it's just the nature of having older kids who mm-hmm. are getting more and more independent and controlling their own transportation and stuff. And yeah. It just happens. Um, as far as like, so that's logistics mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. It's not perfect, but it's fine. Um, the psychological part has been different. The emotional part, like mm-hmm. I'm no longer completely in control of my kid's schedule. Yeah. And then anything that falls outside of our norm, I have to run it by John. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll suggest something new and it doesn't fly. And we're pretty good about working that stuff out, but he doesn't always agree with like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggested maybe we try something like two weeks on, two weeks off. And for a variety of reasons, he didn't love the idea. And, and his reasons were understandable, but it's like hard for me not to be like as his wife, I would have just, for whatever it was I wanted, I would have just lobbied until I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's the same arguments or disagreements or discussions we'd be having, but I just don't get my way as much mm-hmm. because A, there's two completely separate households and we don't have the same relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm not like up in his face. Like I don't want to continue to have the conversation after a certain point. It's like, okay, never mind. Um, we are getting better at it. I think there's less tension now than even a year ago. And I think we've eased into those roles. So it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know, I think for myself, and this is the way I approach this stuff. And I know everybody does it differently, but like, for me, it's not productive to dig in on something. If it doesn't like the hill, you're going to die on yeah. thing. Yeah. If it matters to you enough to dig in, then have it matter to you enough to mount a good argument. Right. With to a go. Lot of you're going to go like you're going to go there. Yeah. Right. Like because and then and then be ready if, if it's not going to work, like to ask yourself, is it worth not maintaining the peace? Is it worth pushing back? I'm not a pushover. But like when my, when I look at my priorities and how I want to spend my time, like fighting with my ex about something that really doesn't yeah. matter that much is so yeah. far down my list of how I want to spend my time. And then conflict often begets other conflict. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just I don't know. I've seen a lot of advice kind of tossed around in different like Facebook groups I'm in and stuff Mm -hmm. where like when you have something you have to describe, like discuss with your ex, you like put it in an email and the emails, I know they're supposed to just be not emotional and and, uh, what's the word impassive and Mm -hmm. sort of like to the point and Mm -hmm. factual, but they read to me very like you're talking to a kid like yeah, you're such yeah. an idiot you can't understand what I'm saying so here why don't I break it down for you right. in an email right and and that's just I feel like this too easy to read the tone wrong mm-hmm. it's too easy to feel like you're being talked down to and if there's no other way to communicate fine but like I feel like that's like step seven yeah like <laughs> there's that, a yes. lot of other yeah. steps leading up to that yeah now, I wouldn't want to be talked to that way right so I, I see why it happens in a lot of divorce situations. I guess I would just prefer not get to, not to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's worth it to me to bend a little bit. And I think he probably does the same thing, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of like, that's the reality this year. And who mm-hmm. knows, it, it'll change year after it changes year to year. This will be the first year I haven't been doing radio mm-hmm. all in two years. And my first year as a divorced mom when I don't have a morning job. Yeah. Which, so that'll be interesting. I don't know what that's going to look like. I, I think it's going to be a little more relaxed than usual. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and so, you, you, your natural clock would have you sleeping a little longer and taking yep. out. So you get to do that with your kids. Oh, it's and nice. I was the kind of the killer for me last year with the radio, which why I decided to leave was because of all the weekend things I had to do. Right. Like I had a lot yeah. of weekend responsibilities and I finally was like, I don't want to give up that many days of a weekend yeah. anymore. So, uh, or of my summer anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be, well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes this year. Well, it is time to wrap up, but listeners, I, since we are early in the season, please tell us what kind of summer 
challenges you are looking ahead to or what kind of content around summer you would be interested in. I feel like this was a good overview. And again, it feels kind of early to be talking about this, but it's not because I just booked a camp yesterday. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah. time, but there, there is definitely time to continue the summer conversation. So you can email us hello at themomhour.com um, and let us know what your summer is going to look like and what, what challenges you can bring to us and we'll we'll do yeah. more um, content like this. Like Megan said, we have a really fun episode coming up, um, probably not next week, but in a couple of weeks about gear and stuff for summer, like everything, like our favorite beach bags and like, I don't know. I think that's, that stuff is fun to talk about too, especially when you're looking forward to summer. So look yeah. out for that one. All right, guys, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Megan. Bye. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.